Welcome to the T&D podcast brought to you by TomTom. We think you're trucking awesome. You deserve a trucking awesome app. That's why today we're excited to talk about the ultimate trucking companion, TomTom Go Navigation. With premium features designed to make every delivery a breeze, Go Navigation ensures you reach your destination efficiently and stress-free. Hello and welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined tonight by... What's left of Chris Madison? How are you? I'm alright. I think I'm a lot better than you, which wouldn't be difficult. Mm. You're not well. I've got the man box. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm poorly. It's not COVID, is it? Uh, if it's COVID, it's super COVID. I've had it since 10th of December. Yeah, really? Yeah, I went through... Uh, crazy just week and Christmas and uh, here we are in the middle of May or wherever we are I'm still hanging out my ass. Which is 9th nice. of January, still quite a while. Mm, yeah. Shame you don't work for the state, you could just say you've got long Covid and then take like six months off, so you yeah, can't work anymore. Yeah. That'd be tremendous. It's caused me stress, I can be off for two years on full, full wedge. Yeah. Mm, that would be nice. I'll have to apologise for the crinkly bottle sound periodically because if I don't drink a cough like a tramp, so I'm sorry. That's all right. Where are you anyway? I'm in the uh, glittering gardens of uh, of Mr. Holt's Haulage Yard in uh, East Yorkshire for the evening. Yeah. Enjoying the warming glow of his floodlights, and I shall be partaking in some shower action later. Good <sighs> stuff. How's it been? And they're on up to Christmas and now into January. November and December were uh, quite surprisingly trying, to be fair. I've uh, I've had to be a bit diverse and duck and dive a bit to keep the ship upright. But I think I've been I've been lucky in, uh, in so much as I've seemed to have amassed a few contacts the last couple of years that I didn't really know I'd amassed, and it's kept me going. So uh, Yeah, good, because it's not been easy out there. There's not a, a lot of work no and a lot no. of sectors i mean a lot of stuff's like through the floor up here that's stuart, mm. stuart milton holmes and administration who my mate has worked for for many many years and he's had yes. andy's wife yeah. are straight out of job 200 have gone because the housing industry is right on oh. its ass and that's got a knock-on effect with electricians plumbers and of course yeah. ground workers tipper drivers who bring in the the type one the concrete sand all that kind of stuff so and uh, at yorkshire turf deliverers that, yeah, uh, and the turf as well. Yeah, that goes into those houses. They built. Like, yeah, we were doing mills a fair yeah. bit last year on uh, on that. I think we probably did a mill site when you came out to play. Yeah, built um, nearly six hundred houses last year, I think. So they are they are now completely pop out the game yesterday. Yeah, but it was my dad that texted me to tell me the news, and I texted Craig, my mate, and I was like, "Oh, I was like, are you affected?" He's like, "Yes, yeah, been made redundant." So was my wife, um, and they've got to go and apply to administrators to get any sort of redundancy pay. If I was Christ. him, I'd be, if I was him, I'd be hiding the company car somewhere else. I was like, you're not getting it back. Yeah, yeah, it'd be on its way to Poland now, yeah. right? In the don't, know where, don't know where it is. Sorry. Yeah, but it just kind of is just just an alarming indication of the economy in general. But that's, I mean, that's good that you've had some contacts to call upon. What you've been doing? Some you've been doing some different jobs, different places and things. Yeah, I've been doing all sorts. Um, I've been on tankers. I've been running. Uh, various sloppy things about in tankers to various places have been all over i've been uh, filling up trains with water at night that go off cleaning tracks yeah. i've been dragging uh, 
liquid starch down into to southeast so they can make the smelly stuff that goes in washing powder out of it. I've been uh, loading toiletries from Irving. I've been taking Rangers football strips up to a distribution company in Glasgow. I got that one from a, a company in Othersfield that makes football strips and this and that. So I went up with a load of Rangers paraphernalia. That would be cast or... I can't remember, to be fair, but anyway, I uh, I didn't get much sleep. I went, I went into Les Mago, I thought it'd be just my luck to get curtains cut tonight with a load of football strips. And, uh, <laughs> up there, I think, but I thought you wouldn't hide them. Memorabilia on it, so I dived into into Les Mago. I've not been in there since before lockdown, and I won't be going again, to be honest. It cost me about 50 quid by the time I'd parked and paid for my tea. And I, I rang up to reserve a space, and I got there. She charged me six quid for reserving a space. It's over. It's oversubscribed that truck stop. It's too busy now because of Lockerbie shutting. I think, and it's, so they've got they've got a captive audience. Mm. I mean, ultimately, if you ring up and you book a space, yeah, they ought to get you to pay in advance, you know. But charging you six quid just for answering the phone and adding it onto your parking fee is taking mm. a piss. Yeah, that's so, fine. If you don't book one, you won't get in there though because it's full every single night. Because well, yeah. it could be double the size. Charging you for the. You know, for the uh, privilege of booking ahead, it's yeah, cobblers. Not even like a pound, six quid. Six quid, aye. Um, so by the time I parked, paid for parking, paid the stupid bloody fee, and then got something to eat, which was fairly mediocre, I have to be honest, was best part of 50 quid, which is just nonsense. So I'll sleep upside down in a wet ditch before I go in there again. Is there not a truck stop at Ibrox? At Govan somewhere. I think there's a I truck stop. I think there is a truck stop there. I read somewhere. I don't know. I went to a logistics company in uh, Paisley at morning with it and then got rid of that. Oh. Jogged down to Irving on behalf of another hallway and loaded out of there with smellies, if you wish, you know, deodorants oh. and bits and bobs to go down to another distribution company in, in Lutterworth and then... Uh, we took it from there. When I spoke to you last, I think, October time, and mm. we'd finished our seasonal work plants and that, and it looked like we were staring into the abyss. Mm. I didn't know what to do. but I remember that. You have two ways of going. You can sit there and cry, which were tempting, I have to be honest, but then you've got to just you know find your balls and start actually getting off, uh, off your ass and ringing people and getting out there. I think if you do that, there's work out there. There might not be work out there if you're looking for work for six or seven, but but definitely as a one man band you'll get work. And it's not it's not a case of you know taking risks with backstreet bedroom forwarders and and, and those sorts that you're not going to get paid from. Both of those jobs <coughs> up to and back from Scotland that uh, week were for fairly high profile reputable types, and the rates were pretty good. All, all things considered, I mean, the rates back out of Scotland have never been impressive, have they? But no. they were all right. It made, you, did, it made it a worthwhile did, trip, to be right. So. Did, did you see the picture that Broughton's posted online a couple of weeks ago? It was the rates for um, loads going out of the UK from, like, Bristol to Germany. No. And it wouldn't cover the diesel, never mind the wages and the ferries. It was ridiculous. Yeah, well, only way they can be covered, I suppose, is... Um, with some of our foreign chaps that are pumping diesel across of an evening, I think. And so it must be the only way. It was completely unviable, the, the prices of it. It's, um, 
uh, crazy, but it's good to know that there's some decent rates and a bit of work out there if you're if you're going to go and look go and look for it as well because it doesn't sound like it was bad work either. You know, it doesn't sound no, like it was um, lightweight, good loads, good tips, and for decent people, I won't name either of them because they probably don't want. No, to. don't. But well, <laughs> why? Somebody might phone up. Phone up. <laughs> you never know. Well, yeah, there might um, be. You know, hundreds of phone calls. But, I don't want to be responsible for that, but you know, it just shows I have no idea what I'm doing after 20 years. You know, I've always taken the easy option. I've never taken risks. That's why I've got one still, not 20. It's about making a wage and feeding a family for me is this job. It's not about being Eddie Stobart and, you know, the look at me, look at me type nonsense. It's just out working back. Um, and that's what I've managed to do now. It's all right, me saying, and I a clever boy, and the rest of it. I'm not saying that. It's it's easy with one, really, if you're going to keep work on one. It's not so easy if your work drops off a cliff in October and you've got 10, and you've got 10 families depending on you to keep everybody going forward. I just haven't got the mental fortitude for that kind of stress, so I'd never get myself into it. All those lads that I've got forward and I've expanded and mm. have run good businesses to have everything that you've worked so bloody hard to build potentially swept away in the space of three months, which a lot could be on the brink of, I think. But yeah, well, there's been, you know, there's been um, companies steadily going out of business here and there. A lot of them that have been running on sort of 2% profit margins have been really tight. And they've just been scraping by, and with an increase in costs and expenses, it's no longer viable to go and no. go and um, do it. But it's like, who's going to pick up their work? Because their lorries weren't they weren't idle, but the, the work obviously wasn't paying either. I think a lot of it is down to the amount of money people had to invest in new trucks. Yeah, because nobody nobody is running very old kit anymore and it's kind of wasteful there's no third owner for a truck in the UK hardly anymore no. you know it gets to 800,000 a million kilometres and it's exported yeah well you know it's the old classic scenario it's you know this emissions nonsense but it's fine for that truck to then go and, and run around the Caribbean or Africa for the rest of its life because of yeah well yeah, you know, the emissions cranked back to you know three plastic bubble that don't affect the rest of the world. Yeah, it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. But I think a lot of people have been very heavily leveraged with finance and things yeah. when they could have been quite happily running a fleet of yeah. Euro five stuff for an awful lot longer than they had than they wanted to because there's not a lot of decent Euro. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of decent Euro six stock around for a long time either, and things were expensive. But how how is the Scania getting on anyway? Touch wood, you know, in a wood touching kind of a way. Um, she's not been a bad thing, really. Up to press, no horrible surprises since we talked last. I don't think we've had anything else apart from you know your average servicing. Uh, servicing is quite a shocker compared to further, and I could do back end gearbox oil engine. Full filter service for about 300 quid on Foden. It's nearly a grand with this for time I've done, and I do it myself. So, Christ knows what it would be at a dealer. But, um, antifreeze for this is stunningly expensive compared to Cummins engine. But it's, I mean, you know, my parts man at Scania at Main Agent, he says, use what you like for oil. There's not really much difference. He says, as long as it's up to standard for engine, use what you like. He says, but I really must insist that you don't try and use alternative coolant. He says, use our coolant because, you know, it's uh, 
<clears throat> its additives in it and, and the rest of it are designed for this. I think you could really describe these engines as quite flimsy. You know, they don't put up with a lot of abuse. So it says, use our coolant. It's on about rings at top of uh, cylinder bars coming away if you use wrong uh, dilution or, or wrong antifreeze. So, so I went and bought Yikes. some of the world's most expensive antifreeze and just I used that. But um, apart from servicing, what have we done? Have we had any any nasties? I don't think so. No, I don't think we have. Last time we spoke, I'd had the expensive recovery trip from Canuck and that back of Roy's Autos. Big beastie with the Brett Johnson. That was the gearbox selector bolt that everybody else knew about and I didn't when it went dink mm -hmm. and I stopped in on A5 for about four hours. No, she's had both knock sensors done in the space of three years, but a year apart, she's had that eating matrix in the first mm -hmm. year. That's it, really. I can't think of anything else. I'm sure Ash could probably tell you if there's been anything else, but I don't think so. It's just been crappy wiring and pointless aftermarket bodge spec side markers that first owners thought would be fun to fit side skirts maybe um, no, she's been pretty good she's still averaging sort of nine and a half towards ten I should really like a bit more out of her but I think ultimately I'm going to have to find time and the work to get down to Somerset and go see Mr Jones the DJ and let him have a tickle on top end and uh, plug her in and just give her a bit of a spring clean and see if that that lifts mm -hmm. her up. She's pulling well. She's pulling really well. Um, we're still on the same tyres I fitted when I put supers on nearly uh, two and three quarter years ago. I've done about 250,000 plus on those and they're still wearing well. Hand coats will be down to about five mil maybe. Um, drive tyres, hand coats again, they're still a foot deep in tread. They really are fantastic tyres, you know, since I turned to hand cooks from Bridgeton. All the, all a lot of people use hand cooks. Yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah, it's a popular tyre, yeah. They wear really well, they wear even as well. I've not had to turn any on um, on rims, you know, on stairs, there's been no need to turn them, they're not wearing odd. Um, everything's good. I changed the roof cooler, that was under warranty from Cuda. It never worked from the day it went up, it just blew warm. It was windy, but warm. A bit like a week in Tenerife. Does that run actual refrigerant? That yeah, one? yeah, it's got a refrigerant yeah. system, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> I can't remember the brand, to be fair. But anyway, it, uh, they were good as gold at Coda. They tried persuading me to go to uh, Ipswich or wherever they are, but I couldn't get anywhere near. So after a time, he just says, knackers to it, chap, I'll, I'll, I'll put one on a pallet. And he sent it up. And uh, obviously the hard bit's taking the old sunroof out and all the surround, putting the new surround in and then mounting it. But when you just swap in a unit, you just unbolt it, out it comes, down the ladder, new one, oh, dropped on, wallop, plug in, turn on, freezing, nice one. So as soon as we'd done that, summer went, you know, we had about a fortnight in mm, late August, September, was, we thought, oh, summer's, yeah. summer's finally arrived. It was June up here, but a really nice June, and then as soon as the schools went on holiday, it went to, it went to crap, and it's been freezing, it's been yeah. cold, cold up here, hovering around sort of freezing, for the past couple of weeks, a really dense, dark cold. I've went and yeah. dug blocks of ice 
out buckets and things in the back garden. I've got them propped at the side of the house and they've been there for three days and haven't melted. We haven't really had any ice down here. We had frost last Saturday morning. It was nice. But we've not had any cold. It's just poured down. Just Oh, we've just had plenty of rain. Black ice as well, some yeah. Mormons. We've had no. The gritters haven't been out. We've had Interesting. no cold. Just pissed down. It's just been about 8, 9, 10, 11 degrees and just pissed down non-stop. Oh, look, another storm. Oh, look, some more floods. I mean, where I am, I live... 1100 above sea level at top of hill and even where I am down at valley bottom still fairly well I'd be 100 feet above river so you know if we get water coming under the front door from, from river we are in a whole world of trouble but um, mm. I came up from Thanet last week Thursday the day they got the A1 back open at uh, Mark and Moore it had been shut with flooding for two days and anyway they got it open to one lane and I came back up that morning and Newark was a site to see i've never seen anything like it the you know the river had burst its banks that massive fishing dam at newark between a1 and the sugar beet factory had all become one but the impressive site really impressive brackets shocking if you live there was over to the right of the a1 it stretched away you know the flood water side at trent it had breached and god knows from what i could see there must have been easily 500 acres there and as we went sort of further up, up towards Muscombe and Cromwell, it was like two or three fields back from A1 then, but it, it ran up all the way up. It was epic. I mean, I've not I've not seen it from above, you know, drone footage. Or, I'm sure there's plenty out there, but even from A1, I thought, poor buggers, because everybody that's drilled corn in winter, you know, you know winter barley, winter wheat, and that's all gone. Mm-hmm. It's all washed out. That's it done. Um, it's all going to be to drill again in spring. Uh, massive costs all round. It's a right Eesh. mess. Just unbelievable bloody mess. But we seem to dodge it. As I went down on Thursday, Wednesday night maybe, on the way down to Thanet, we kind of went through this rain at Newark and then pushed out the bottom side. Got to Cambridge and below and it wasn't raining. And then... Yeah, we came back up the day after and saw the sort of first bits of this flood and thought, oh, that's going to get a bit spicy. But by by Thursday afternoon, it really had got spicy. When we came back up then Thursday and saw the extent of the mess, because it'd been, it'd been fairly tame in Kent. It had been quite bonny, really, all things considered. But bugger me, it wasn't bonny in Midlands. I mean, I've seen footage of Dunham, uh, Dunham Bridge on, on 57, the way to Lincoln from Mark and Moore. Good God. What a mess. Newton on Trent and Dunham Bridge. Jesus wept for a state, that's it. But that sort of takes you on to the whole point that all the eco warrior types that seem to be in charge of the Environment Agency and that are all anti dredging, aren't they? They don't want dredging because yeah, they don't, they don't want that to happen. No, yeah, but then and then they go and blame it all on uh, the climate when it's not they're not maintaining no. things properly they want farmers to bugger off and they want wetlands and they want you know they don't want farmers farming they want it all to be wetlands they want to reintroduce otters and all this nonsense and pine martins and isn't it lovely yeah well it's lovely but I'm afraid you'll not feed a nation on otter meat mm. have you have you seen what's been going on in Germany yeah I bloody have yeah I have. Yeah, well, that's not that's not being reported on no. by the mainstream media because, no, of course, not. last year we had the 
We had the Dutch farmer protests yeah. because the Dutch government decided they were going to kick all the Dutch farmers off mm. the land. And the upshot of that has been Gert Wilders has been elected as Prime Minister of Holland yeah. because it was such a kickback against it. Yeah. So the Germans are trying the same thing because all these politicians are from exactly the same stock. They're all WEF acolytes mm, um, under the influence of Mr Schwab, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and they're all singing from the same hymn book, so... The German farmers are now, they're now trying to kick them off the land. Yeah. And there has been massive protests yeah. in Germany. Thousands of tractors have blocked the motorways to protest. Mm. And they've all been backed up by the German truck drivers as well. Yeah. And there was the, there was somebody out there reporting on it. Um, and she was speaking to people and all the car drivers were like, yes, we are stand with the farmers. We agree with this. We don't mind at all the, the inconvenience. Thousands of trucks not being reported on by the media because the agenda seems to be to try and kick farmers off the land mm. so they can use the land for, I don't know what they want it for, <laughs> to be honest, like you say, otters or something. But it's not for growing the food that you need to survive. Or solar panels, you know, it's, mostly. It's, it's quite terrifying, really. But yeah, if you have a look, look, look that up, German mm. farmer protests, because none of the mainstream news sources are reporting on that at all. No, it's... Which uh, is, it's which is shocking. predictable now. I mean, it's going on. Oh, yeah. It's going on in various different places. Absolutely, now. it'll be going on here pending uh, results at next election. I should think, but we have never been as militant as Europeans, unfortunately. You know, no. When the British get militant, they get a little bit, a little bit tetchy whilst queuing. Mm. Yeah, but, well, you don't mess with like French farmers and nah. stuff like that. They go and blockade ports and really cause some. Well, you remember when they were throwing British lamb back into into watering harbours? They were yeah. opening fridges and throwing it in. Which you've got to yeah. fight for your rights. You've got to fight for your own. The pro the problem you've got as well that the government's introduced so much legislation against protesting yeah. as well, so they can really come down and hammer you now. Mm. Unless it's a protest they sort of vaguely agree with mm. and are willing to let happen, because there are protests that they let happen. But you can bet your bottom dollar if a couple of thousand tractors rocked mm. up inside the M25 to go and protest, they would be clamped down upon in the most severe manner. Yeah. God help anybody who's got a lorry that gets involved with that as well, because you'll be getting taken straight off the road. Well, in fuel protests. That was the last thing. Then, then, then yeah. When 9 11 happened just after it, then they introduced a whole load of legislation to make sure that's never happening again. You were told in no uncertain terms on fuel protests back then that you know your details would be taken down and you'd be contacted by the Ministry, blah, blah, blah. Isle of Foods at Leeds a few years ago, they were blockading Isle of Foods milk price, shocking milk price to farmers. All lads that went down there with trucks were told again that. You know, you would be prosecuted. Well, prosecutors, maybe not the right word. Hey, you'd be dragged up to uh, Hillcrest House at Aerials to traffic commissioner and you'd be dealt with. So, lads in trucks had to go away and come back in the tractors. You know, they'd go away to the wagons and come back in the tractors, which is what they did. Yeah, good idea. That's that's the problem. So many people who protest don't have anything of value to have taken off them. And if you've got exactly. something like, you know, trucks and business, yeah. and, you know, farming equipment or what have you, then you can be targeted and have things removed. Well, what from about you. that doctor that was stuck up that bloody that bridge parapet in Dartford last year that caused a week's worth of... Oh, was he a Just Stop Oil? Yeah, yeah um, Just Stop Oil, bloody, wasn't he up there? <laughs> <laughs> Since he got brought down, you know, and he got taken to court, the rest of it, you've never really heard much about that. Have they taken his house off him? 
you know, for reparation for any of that. No, but it's not. It's having the opposite effect on people because people, you know, people are just like trying to, trying to to get by by with things, and they're pretty tired of having it rammed down their, rammed down their throat. It's been it's been interesting. The only way that you'll influence a full population is by reasoned argument and evidence, and you'll not pull the wool over the eyes of the British for long. You'll get some young, impressionable teenage university brainwashed types for a while because everybody, to a point, when they go away to you and it goes through their sort of anarchist, lefty stage, everybody did it, you know. Not me, I went the other way. I became sort of far-right, hunting mad. But anyway, that's by the by. But <laughs> a lot of people go through that lefty society joining thing and they get swayed by vegetarian bollocks and unsabs. You know, they go and recruit bored student types in Freshers' Week and they'll, you know, they'll go out doing rent-to-sab things at 15 quid a day in a balaclava going, ooh, foxes and the rest of it. But they sort of grow out of it and real life kicks in and they realise that all those adolescent idealistic times are just a, a phase you go through. You'll not convince a full populace like this to go and wear Hessian jumpers, undyed Hessian, and live on lentils by tipping orange powder over Ronnie O'Sullivan. Well, you want to see you want to see how quick some of these car manufacturers are intending to go fully electric. Mm. When they obviously have the intention of selling very few cars no. because this isn't going to wear with people either. Um, some of them are going as early as 2025. Audi is one of the latest, and they're not intending to go all electric by 2033. But I fail to believe that all these manufacturers really believe in what they're doing. I think they're saying what has to be said, lest they yeah. get um, taken down by the mob. Because yeah. uh, all this EV stuff yeah. as well, I mean, that's not going very well. They, they keep popping on fire. There was one that was that had fallen into a jetty. A woman had backed it up to put her boat in the water, and the carriage sunk in yeah. the water, and it was on fire underwater no, no. because they don't need oxygen to burn. The flames were coming up through the water. Mm. That's how terrifying some of these things are. Well, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all part of that part of that as well. It's uh, you know I I'm ref- I'm just getting no interest in electric stuff like at all. I'm not going out driving any yeah. electric trucks. Yeah. You know I I have limited time to drive trucks and any way that I do drive will be diesel or maybe gas because I don't think it's very fair that gas has been completely excluded from all these options when it's almost certainly cleaner overall than battery trucks and it's got a nice engine. Some of these eighteen tonners will be all right for bobbing around London delivering rubbish, but can you imagine? 44 ton up in Peak District electric trucks on, on, on tippers now. No, it's not. What a lot of cobblers. And what are these morons going to do on those days, you know, when it snows in southeast and London stops because there's eight millimetres of snow on M11 and they're all stuck out there for two days like they do? What are you going to do in your Tesla? Are you going to just freeze to death? Well, you've got to think as well, what happens if you have a major natural disaster and your electricity is out for a week? Yeah, exactly. And then how do you, where do you go anywhere? How do you charge your, how do you charge your car? Um, if you can even charge it mm. at home, uh, that's not going to work. No. That's not going to work either. But see, I'm, it's, uh, well, I think everybody that's going to buy an electric sort of private vehicle has already bought one. Yeah. Uh, and you're starting to see them now, the values in them, like, se- severely de- depreciating. Yeah. And you get things like the Teslas can do, like, oh, a Tesla can do 400 miles on a full charge. Yeah, that's a Tesla. Go and look at the more modest cars. Look yeah. at an electric Corsa. That's got a range of about 100 miles. 
at the best of times, maybe 150. When it gets really cold, mm. and then it's down well below 100. So, you know, you're like, oh, I need to go to Carlisle from Edinburgh today. Oh, it looks like I'll be, you've got to stop and, like, spend hours charging yeah, the car. Yeah. I've seen people, in, seen people in electric cars driving about, and the back windows misted up, the side windows yeah. are misted up, and they're sitting with big jackets on because they don't want to run the heaters because it diminishes the battery too much. It'll be interesting to know next week when we get this snow that's allegedly coming in and uh, oh, yeah, the, vast quantities. Getting, Will these yeah. people sitting in their self-righteous little electric uh, virtue signalling boxes when they're broken down at side of the road going blue, when I turn up in big diesel pickup and I go, everything all right? I go, yes, thank you. Evil <laughs> polluting farm specialist. I go, do you want to lift anywhere? No, thank you. We're fine. Right, I'll bob back tomorrow and see how you've gotten on. Yeah, well, I've, I've been getting text, like sort of news notifications about all the snow for ages, all this clickbait, and it was snowing a tiny bit tonight. Oh. I've put the, I've put snow tyres on one of the cars, and I've got another set of snow tyres to put in another. So it better bloody well snow at some point, so I can go out and go and drive past people who can't drive. There's a lad in Hull on Facebook that we follow, and he's brilliant. He's a proper weather boffin. He spends his days with his computers all set up, with his weather models, and he and he maps the weather models all over Europe, and he, uh, he keeps abreast of it. And he's been telling us how it's going to be since Christmas, and now Met Office have sort of jumped on this little bandwagon today and said some quite significant snow will be. <laughs> he's been on with this for a couple of weeks. He's really good. He's called uh, Lewis, and he's, I think his Facebook page is UK Weather Forecast or something. Anyway, I'm sure if you look for him, you'll find him, but he's really on the money really good and he's not sensationalist you know like clickbait bollocks it's it's mm. fact today the model's showing a, a bit of variation it might be a bit less than we first thought but i'll keep you updated he's up at six on a morning mm. and he's he's on this job till 11 o'clock at night and he's he's really on the money but it, it would appear that <coughs> the country's going to get a good dose in from monday so it looks like it, it does look like it has been it's been predicted mm. for quite some time People don't really deal with snow that well either. You see the old videos for the 70s yeah. when they used to get like serious dumps of snow and people had coal fires and they had like rear fuel drive marked to escorts and vivas and things. And they were just out like, mm -hmm. and people got to their work and did what they were doing. And now the whole place comes yeah. crashing to a halt right. because people can't drive or deal with snow anymore. 83, 84. Either I or. remember 83. There's pictures of me. I was very little in 83. That was like mega snow. It snowed the day after bonfire night 6th of november or thereabouts and it snowed its ass off for about four days and it put down that much snow where we lived i mean literally car roof height depth of snow and then it it, it froze and it and it stayed and it over winter it didn't really snow again on top of it but it it froze and it just it became like stayed, concrete and it stayed into it stayed into march and it was black really by you know by the time it started to thaw and i it was hellish it was absolutely hellish there were footpaths sort of cut out of frozen snow for people to get around and councils took weeks to motivate and in the end i remember council coming with tipper wagons yeah JCBs, i remember that as well and they had to they had to physically dig it and take it away and there were an old disused pit shawcross pit in Dewsbury, and they took just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tipper loads of solid ice, really, onto Shawcross pit stacks, as were, 
and tipped it all up on there. And even when it thawed in spring, this stuff that they'd banked up on Shawcross tip there, it took well, it took into like early summer mm. to melt because it was that with that hard and that compact, it was like Jews Brazil and glacier, yeah. you know, sort of glacier. It was epic. But that was a right winter. But nobody sort of stayed in and had a little cry. I mean, you know, my dad had to get out. My dad got out. Um, people, you know, sort of neighbours, they were all out and about. You know, everybody just got on with it. And they were, obviously, we'd all coal fires and what have you. So we'd got plenty of cinder. Everybody were out throwing cinder on roads and on footpaths. You know, so there were traction for, you know, for buses to get through and, but you know, nowadays I don't think anybody really knows what the next door neighbours. No, are they don't. It's not. It's so not the same. Any, not the same anymore. You used to. You know, your mate up there with his Stuart Milne housing estates and that massive spot that me and you went for a play around Calderwood. Yeah. Thousands and thousands yeah, of people buy into yeah, they don't that. Communicate. Won't know who to go to if they need mm. help because they don't speak to next mm. door. They don't know who lives around corner. You know, he, when I were a lad, we knew everybody, everybody. You know, the old ladies, the widows, people that, you know, were known to do with farming, farming types, you knew everybody. And, you know, you could go to anybody's house. Mm-hmm. If you fell off your bike anyway, you could go to any of these people and say, come off my bike. She said, come on, come in, we'll get you cleaned up and get you back to your mother. And, and that's what community's about. Uh, it's not It's not too bad where I live. I mean, I'm in an ex-council street. There's only like one or two council houses. Mm. The rest of them have been bought or like private rents. Yeah. But you find that people are generally quite friendly. Nobody bothers. I've got three cars parked in the street and three on the drive. Because right. it's, they're all like trades people and, you know, just kind of normal sort of people yeah. and they, I, I generally I, yeah. I do speak and know to pretty much everybody in this sort of block beside me and the two opposite as well mm. I do have a bit I mean, I've got new upstairs neighbours and they're a little bit weird I keep putting the bins out and then they will walk past the bins for the entire week if I don't take them back in so I decided not to put the black bin out the other day and I didn't put mine out because mm. I only had one bag in it and they didn't put their bin out either so it never got emptied and I'm like weird can't quite get a, I have hardly seen them because they moved in sort of in the depths of winter so nobody's really been out in the garden or anything but I'm like why Why do that's, it's, kind of, it's a very British problem that isn't it I go and keep putting the bins out and then they never take them back in and will walk past their own bin for an entire week weird You're listening to the Trucking Driver Podcast brought to you by TomTom. The TomTom Go Navigation offers a specific set of truck features. You can set your cargo and truck dimensions for specific routes so you can drive confidently on suitable roads, making every journey efficient and reliable. Truck yeah. Um, any, uh, I've got any interesting trucking news? Have I got any interesting trucking news? Uh, mm. Mm, uh, not particularly no Volvo I've got a big launch on at the end of the month in Sweden and it is diesel related so that's good because uh, oh, my, my, my heart just sinks in a glaze over any time the manufacturers start talking about EVs I've oh. decided not to even feign interest in it anymore I'm like nah sorry not for me good, other, good other truck journalists can go and cover those things I don't care. Uh, And I I think I've got a Volvo 460 turbo compound and um, from the 22nd roughly, I think I'm going to drive it for AED because I I put some feelers out and Alan was like, oh no, yeah, yeah, I can give you some work. I was like, brilliant. 
get in. So, uh, yeah, I'm going forward to getting uh, back yeah. in because, goodness me, I've got plenty of lorries to be driving. I just um, didn't mm. for a while because I was like just utterly miserable for the last three months of the year. Mm, well, I had one in summer to drive, but I never actually got around to fetching it from Scania, so I don't know what happened. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm hoping to get out like quite a bit. And, um, there's no reason why, no really reason why I can't, because I'm not particularly busy a lot of the time. A lot of my responsibilities no. have been taken away. So, was it a five sixty tag you got me? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, there's I a five sixty. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to get a hold of one of those five sixty essays and have a play with that uh, for a week. Give it a good bit of uh, a good bit of running. Hopefully, I got a couple of thousand kilometres on it. Uh, I think there's maybe one of the yeah. Renault four eighty turbo compounds, and I'd like to get my hands on an MAN TGX, but they never have one. In fact, they should have because I remember a year ago standing and they said, "I'll oh, wait for the 2024 models." Well, it's now 2024. I'm going to write that down. Contact mm. MAN and ask about truck. Still waiting. I don't know. Well, there's Iveco options as well, but I've driven every bloody Iveco SV, and they're about to come out with a huge update where you've got the digital dash, uh, and, and they look like they're yeah. going to be doing mirror cam, but hopefully most people won't spec that because I don't like mirror cams either. Uh, other people can like mirror cams. I do not. So, um, Hansons that Matt. Matt of the Silver Tanker, mm, but, uh, mm-hmm. Hanson's, they've got some new XG Plus mm-hmm. ordered and arriving, and they've specced them with mirrors. Good men, well done. people, well persons. Done. So much better with mirrors on them, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you've got something as simplistic as a mirror. It's great. It's reflective. It's it's yeah, a very old If you move your head around, it changes the field of vision. It will never, yeah. ever, ever you can look not at it. work due to an electrical fault. Yeah, you can look at a mirror and you can see what's behind you. What a bloody great invention. So we'll just replace that with a glitchy, yeah. ridiculous TV camera. Yeah. Because once you've knocked that off or you've got uh, squirrels eating through wiring, you're not going home, are you? You're going home on a suspended recovery tour. What a bloody ridiculous carry-on. That's just technology for technology. Yeah, technology sake, for like, the sake of technology. Uh, see also electric yeah, handbrakes. Have you noticed in traffic these days... Yeah. See, when you were learning to drive a car, did you not get mm. taught if you were pulling up to traffic lights and you were going to be sitting for a while to put the handbrake on and put it in neutral? Nobody does this anymore. Yeah. They sit with their foot on the brake the whole time. And these things have got super mm. bright LED brake lights on them. And like yeah. 90% of people will sit with their foot in the brake for three, four minutes. It doesn't. It takes a massive amount of time. And I don't understand. They must be being taught this or they don't understand like, Cars with electric handbrakes have got automatic hold on them as well, so you don't need to keep your foot on the brake. Yeah. The thing with these as well, if you sit with your foot on the brake and these in gear and these automatics, you're putting strain on clutch. Yeah, that's what happens. So, the thrust sure. bearing goes on them. Uh, yeah. You know, they say, oh, you'll yeah. never need to replace the clutch. Yeah, but you'll need to replace the thrust bearing because people have never taken yeah, it out of gear for it. its whole life. <laughs> and you wouldn't sit with your foot in the clutch the whole time. You scroll down menus on steering wheel on this and, you know, clutch disc is still 90%, but... Not the, it's not the disc that's going to fail, is it? It's no, going to be bearing. It's the bearing. Always the bearing that goes on them, uh, and it's because people don't take people don't take it out of gear. It, traffic lights and things. When you wouldn't do that in a manual, and you do find that people have still got. I have to slap know. myself on the forehead periodically and go neutral, mm-hmm. neutral. Because I, I, I do it. I just autopilot up to lights and sit there, go, mm. Mm. <laughs> and then I think balls. I'm, you know, I'm going to have to put a clutch in this if I'm not. Uh, so we do that, but other than that. The new stuff leaves me cold, mm-hmm. all of it. 
you know, the more technology they cram into these, the less I want one. So. Yeah, I know, what you, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that that's the last year of the manuals last year as well. You can't get mm. new manuals at all anymore. And well, like you know, people still mm. well, pe- well, people buying them. Speaking of manuals, P- Pete White was selling one on behalf of somebody last week on the. On his Facebook. But was that an old chip scanner or was that a new gen R series? No, one of these and that. No, one of these and R series. What a thing. Tag axle, a beauty, an absolute beauty. Ooh. I thought, oh, you should be mine. But then I have, to be honest, still got the romantic idea about manuals and mm. pushing her on, but I'm too lazy now. Yeah, that's the thing. It does, make you a bit la- it does make you a bit lazy. And the, mod- the modern automatics are so much better than the older ones. There was a point where a manual was a far better option than an automatic in many cases, but mm. now the new ones are really good. So Yeah. I took Kate's car to work a couple of weeks ago for one of the lads at work to do some anti-roll bar nonsense with it, and it's a manual. <laughs> Stole it, stole it bottom at lane. I just hit brakes at bottom of our lane to have a look right. You know, stole it in fourth. Thought, I'm not going to get to Barnsley in one piece. I haven't driven the manual in any way, shape, or form since last time I took a tractor, you know, up and down lane. But How very American of you. I'd end up in a, a fair tangle now if I went out for a day in one of these with a stick. I'd just be. I'd be knackered, really. I'd be curious to so, see how I'd get on because I, mm. I haven't driven a manual since. Well, not to a work manual was probably 2021 when I drove Scott for Rocks off's 12 speed Scania. Aye. Yeah, it interesting to see how I got on now. I could cheat because I've got the Euro Truck Simulator set up there with the manual gearbox. So I could go and drive that on the computer, and that would give yeah. you the experience of changing gear in the very mm. least. I used to have a lovely old wagon with a Ford and a 16 speed mm. manual in, but yeah, I stupidly sold that to somebody. I'm not doing so well at getting that back either, it seems, but anyway. Mm. We did discuss off the podcast once about how you could get it back once we'd finished recording yeah. one day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at some point, somebody will sell me it back. I might be 90, but I've, uh, an elephant never forgets. So we'll see how we go with that one. But you know, if I get a chance of her coming back, she'll definitely be back and uh, lesson learned. Mm. A lot of people have a lot of tackle hidden away in garages and you know, I've got friends that have got old cars and all, all sorts of things from Morgans to Series 1 Land Rover. I might just have a clear out. And I'm like, no, don't. Mm. What? If you're not starving to death and you don't have to buy shoes for your kids, do not sell anything that you love because you will regret it. Yeah, but once it's gone, it's gone. That's bollocks. Trust me. I had that argument. I listened to it. I thought, yeah, it's probably right. I did it and it's nonsense. There haven't been a day gone by when I haven't witted to somebody about getting my food and back. Mm. Don't sell anything unless you need to. If you've got somewhere to keep it and you're not struggling to pay a mortgage, do not sell anything because you will regret it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have had it as many years as you have. Don't do it there. And that's, um, and that's tonight's lecture. Indeed. And on that note, we're going to have to wrap this up, my good man. You've done well to get through that minimal coughing. Don't sound too husky. <coughs> I probably sound like I've got a clothes peg on my nose. I don't know, because I sound weird to me. I don't, but, um, you sound too bad. You sound a little bit stuffy, but all right. But no, that's been good. Thanks very much for um, catching up with us. <coughs> I'm going to go have a massive slug of this stuff that we make in Huddersfield for coughing called Cavernia. It's the uh, it's the daddy. Lovely stuff, right? Hope you got a, a good night's sleep. Thank thanks again, and I shall All catch right. up with you again soon. You will, right? Cheers.
Thank you for tuning in to the Trucking Driver Podcast, proudly sponsored by TomTom. As a special thanks to our listeners for trucking through the holiday season, we're giving away one month free of TomTom Go Navigation Truck. Simply download the Go Navigation app and use the code TRUCKYEAH. That's T-R-U-C-K-Y-E-A-H when subscribing. Safe travels, folks.